Sheffield Live. Made in Sheffield. Made by you. Do you want to get your message heard? With low advertising rates and great sponsorship opportunities, Sheffield Live can help you reach thousands of local people. Get your campaign on Sheffield Live. To find out more about advertising on Sheffield Live, write to advertising at sheffieldlive.org or call 0114 281 4082. Do you like Sheffield Live? Why not become a friend of Sheffield Live? Sheffield Live is a community radio station and friends of Sheffield Live are people in the community who make a regular donation to keep Sheffield Live on the air. Join the Friends of Sheffield Live by writing to friends at sheffieldlive.org or go online to sheffieldlive.org forward slash friends. Do you like Sheffield Live? Why not become a friend of Sheffield Live? Sheffield Live is a community radio station and friends of Sheffield Live are people in the community who make a regular donation to keep Sheffield Live on the air. Join the Friends of Sheffield Live by writing to friends at sheffieldlive.org or go online to sheffieldlive.org forward slash friends. friends. Do you want to get your message heard? With low advertising rates and great sponsorship opportunities, Sheffield Live can help you reach thousands of local people. Get your campaign on Sheffield Live. To find out more about advertising on Sheffield Live, write to advertising at sheffieldlive.org or call 0114 281 4082. And now, the moment you have all been waiting for. Yes, it's showtime! Midweek, and we're gonna make it special! Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome then to Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Slightly different touch then to Walk a Mile in My Shoes. The LB Circle is massive, isn't it? You get to know him, her, and his wife's cousin, and all this, and all that, and all the other. Uh, so I'm going to have a regular sidekick, ladies and gentlemen, and his name is Jim. Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to Walk a Mile in My Shoes, pal. Good afternoon, Kevin. Thank you for having me on board. It's You're nice welcome. Hi, and you. Now then, we're both massive Elvis fans, aren't we, Jim? Oh, well, we certainly are, yeah, but, uh, all, all my life. And there we go. Now, you see, folks, that should put you at mind straight away, uh, at ease, to be honest. We've got songs coming up like, um, well, there's rehearsals, there's In the Ghetto that's different. Uh, there's all sorts coming up, guys. But the first part of it, Jim, we're going to do three together. And I'll tell you what, Jim, I'll let you introduce them, if you would, please. Certainly. Uh, the first the first one we have is a, a very rare recording that Elvis did called You Can Have Her. Um, you may know more probably from Roy Hamilton, um, but this was actually taken from a, 
an album called Elvis Live Recordings 4, and I believe it's 1973, but I'll have to check on that one. Um, and then we've got a lovely live version of Where No One Stands Alone. Again, another one Elvis performed very, very rarely on stage. But we think we start with a, a great track from an album called Bill Gold Cuts, and it's from 1963, I believe it's Blue River. Yes, indeed. It's good with uh, dates, is Jim, which you'll realise as we go along. Uh, thank you for listening to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Walk a Mile in My Shoes, Elvis, with Jim and Kev. First part of the show goes just like this. I'd like to say uh, welcome to the show and... Uh Every day, I'm here 
It's on the program, and they've asked me to do it, so uh, I hope you enjoy it. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Sheffield Live then, Walk a Mile in My Shoes, beautiful, beautiful song there, a great tune, and uh, it's taken from Elvis's, it, the song is called You Can Have Her, song in concert, uh, impromptu by Elvis that was, me and Jim will try and find out the dates of that, I'm sure, taken from Elvis Live Recordings that was, and Volume 4. Absolutely, it's a, a fantastic song. Really, it's, it's just a shame Elvis didn't actually get to record it properly. But anyway, let's continue with some get some great music. Next one we have is in the ghetto, which is a remix version with Candy Staten or Stanton, a uh, Staten, depending on where you come from. Well, exactly, uh, Jim. Exactly where you come from. Uh, I used to say Staten, and my mate used to say Staten. So take it, take your choice, uh, folks. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then after that, we have another alternate. Um, um, performance for a song called Inherit the Wind, fantastic session that Elvis did in 1969, as we know, in Memphis, and it's from an album called Alternate Masters Volume 7. But before that, 
from an album apparently called Music Dairy March, but it's supposed to be Diary March, I believe. It is. Uh, it seems to be a slower version to normal to me than this one is, but it's, uh, it's a rehearsal from the 31st of March 1972, and it's released me. We always do try and get the script right, folks. You know, we've got the music right. We can't always get the script right. And they go a little bit like this. Sheffield Live 93.2. It's on the dial, you know. miss it if it didn't happen you know if nobody if nobody saw me or if nobody uh, recognized me or whatever or national autograph I, to, to me it's just part of the business and I you know I accept it Oh, it is with you. And here 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Let me just let me just walk around for a second and get my breath back. Okay? A second is not very long, you know that.
Yes, indeed, ladies and gents. 93 points on the dial, then. It is Walker, Miley, Marshalls, Elvis. We are on Facebook, by the way. Everybody and his wife's cousins have got Facebook. I'll put my teeth in. I've got Facebook. Uh, Walker, Miley, Marshalls, Elvis. And uh, me and Jim will say hello all day long. And uh, what, what we finished with there was in the ghetto. Yes, what can you say about it? It's actually, it's not too bad, to be honest with you. Um, I'll be, I'll be very fair with you. It's, it's not my cup of tea, that kind of way that it's been done. Uh, but it, it tends to be the thing these days. Uh, but I've, I've certainly heard a, a, an awful lot worse. But why, why we're still on the subject of music, of course, the next three uh, songs we've got lined up. We have uh, Only the Strong Survive, which is a, a special remix version, um, which, I, I, which I don't think I actually have in my own collection. Um, which I'm interested in trying to get my hands on. Uh, and then a great version of Shake a Hand. I've told you one of my favourite tracks by Elvis. Yeah. And, that's t- and that's taken from a CD called Rags to Riches. It's well worth uh, money if you can get your hands on that one. And we, but we start with a very powerful version of You Gave Me a Mountain, which was uh, done by Elvis live in Tupelo in 1977. I mean, we all are fully aware of his physical condition but his voice was better than ever so sit back and listen to you give me a mountain absolutely sensational goes like this Yeah. 
Cause a woman that you love is gone Oh, there's gonna be, there's gonna be Whole lot of trouble in your life Oh, so listen to me Get up off your knees Only the strong survive That's what you said Only the strong survive Only the strong survive That little girl, no, no, I wouldn't let her know that she made me feel like a clown. There's a whole lot of girls looking for a good man like you. Oh, but you'll never meet him if you give up now until your life is through. Oh, yeah. And she said, I remember my first love affair. Somehow or another, the whole darn thing went wrong. Mama had some great advice, so I thought I'd put it in the words of the song. I can still hear her say it. absolutely sensational fantastic stuff this one coming up next I really really love this one I've actually only recently heard it thanks to your good self Kev I might add um, it's a song called or a song called Who Am I and again it's from a 1969 Memphis sessions um, but it's, it's uh, it speaks for itself and you'll, you'll just have to hear it for yourself to see what you think and it goes something like this When I think of how he came so far from glory Came to dwell among the lowly such as I To suffer shame and such disgrace on my Calvary, take my place. Then I ask myself this question Who am I? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he? Not my will, thy Lord. The answer I may never know. Why he ever loved me so? But to an old rugged cross he'd go. For who am I? When I'm reminded of his words 
I'll leave you never If you'll be true I'll give to you Life forever Oh, I wonder what I could have done To deserve God's only son To fight my battles Until they're won For who am I? Who am I? The king would bleed and die for Who am I? That he would pray Not my will, thy Lord The answer I may never know Why he ever loved me so That to an old rugged cross He'd go for who am I That to an old rugged cross He'd go for who am I Sheffield Live, ladies and gents, 93.2 on the dial-in. Thanks for that one then, Jim. Uh, just before we go on to the next, what's your thought on the song then just played, Who Am I? Well, it's always been a lovely song. Anyway, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And it was a, when Elvis was at the, uh, the peak of his of his career. Um, and the song, when, when you take everything away and you just hear his voice, how clear it was, I think it's really very good recording. It's amazing, isn't it? This one. People ask me a lot, guys, you know, Kev, what's your favourite Elvis song, your album? Di-? Ladies and gents, have we talked about this before? Walker Miley Marshall has been going for the last 16 years. I can never narrow that down. 21st of uh, June, uh, said Jim, by the way. This, for me, is the ultimate of live songs. Ladies and gentlemen, 1977, 21st of June. Listen to the power Ladies and gentlemen, hurt. Tune, methinks. Oh, you heard me. You're like nobody else. 
Ladies and gentlemen, yes, indeed, hurts. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And I know uh, my uh, partner in crime loves that. What, what do you think it is, Jim, about the power? Late, six weeks later, Elvis has passed away. What do you think that of that power of hurt? Well, it's absolutely sensational. When you, I mean, Elvis was always known for working on his voice anyway. Sure. Um, but I, <laughs> it's a question I really can't answer because where he actually gets the power from yeah. it's absolutely unbelievable it really is and you know when he does that hurt uh, we all know as genuine Elvis fans sometimes Charlie and, and the backing guys and the, the backing ladies help him out but he reaches that crescendo doesn't he on his own yes yes it it always seems uh, that it's, it, it, like, as if it was a matter of pride with Elvis to get that one done himself because you're on that, on, that, on that particular track Indeed he does. Ladies and gents, we're going to come off the music for a minute. And what we're going to do on this particular bit, and it's going to be a regular feature, uh, this is. And it's going to feature uh, the book, Elvis, What Happened? Turn, uh, drive people down the middle, don't you? Elvis fans, a lot of people like it, a lot of people don't like it. Um, I've read it myself three times. Uh, first time I thought it was trash. Uh, but having seen and heard the way Elvis was in his life... Um, and I think the guys who wrote it did take one heck of a chance because Elvis was actually yes. still alive at the time yeah. and there was a very good chance they could have faced a lawsuit. Indeed. Uh, make your own mind up. If you haven't heard, uh, we'll be doing snippets of this, folks, you know, uh, of Elvis. And please do let us know. The email is kevinresley at sheffieldlive.org or alternatively, you can go in Facebook. Everybody and his wife's cousins got that these days. Walker Miley Marshalls, Elvis. Las Vegas. It is February and the air is so crisp and clean it almost crackles. The temperature is below freezing in New York. It is raining in Los Angeles, but in Vegas it is party time as usual. On the ground floor of that monument to human indulgence called the Las Vegas Hilton, the salesmen from New Jersey and Ohio are lurching over blackjack tables, whiskey glasses in their hands. Their wives are addictively pushing quarters into the slots of the one-armed bandits. High above the casino on the 30th floor of this giant hotel in the Imperial Suite, the mood is sombre, silent and tense. Two husky men. Their custom-made shoes sunk deep into the, in the plush carpet, grimly survey the toyland spread 400 feet below them. Like a giant explosion in a paint factory, the lights flash convulsively, stitching a patchwork of madness that seems fitting in this mecca of insanity. Normally, the one-night standers below them in the casino would have given their eye teeth 
to be in that lavish suite. There is champagne in the refrigerator, Dom Perignon, chilled to perfection. Exotic foods are call, on call every minute of the day. A night in a town that pays no attention to what time it is when you want to eat, whether breakfast or a five-course feast. A few casual telephone calls can jam the suite with a who's who of the celebrity register and some of the most beautiful women in the country. But right now, Robert Red West, 37, and Delbert Sonny West, 35, would have done anything to be far from that suite, anywhere. A hundred times before in that same suite, it had been different. They had enjoyed the parties, the celebrities, the pretty women, the booze, the laughs. From time to time, they allowed themselves a rare feeling of smug self-satisfaction. It wasn't a bad life for a pair of hicks from Memphis, Tennessee, whose only ambition when they left school had been to land a steady job. It hadn't been bad at all, going to opening nights, rubbing shoulders with millionaires and movie stars, men who slapped them on the back, bought them drinks, called them by their first names. It's very different now, very different. It is 3 a.m., February the 9th, 1973, and the party is over. The champagne stays in the refrigerator. Sunny and Red settle for a beer. There are no calls to pretty girls or movie stars. As the two lift the cans of beer to their lips, other their casual jackets hang open, and the tool of their trade peeks out from the leather holster each wears on the left side of his chest. A thirty-eight caliber Smith and Wesson revolver. They are crack shots. They are bodyguards to one of the most valuable human properties of the 20th century. They stand silent. Avoiding each other's eyes, talk will only make it worse. It has been a bad night. The adrenaline pumps through their temples, red and sunny, who know too well the man propped up in a king-sized bed in the master bedroom, realise the silence will end very soon and the night is going to get a lot worse. Minutes normally irrelevant in a town where the casinos bang clocks tick away painfully. Then the summons comes. A voice bellows from the bedroom. Sonny? Red? Sonny? Red? You all there? Sonny clangs the beer can down on the custom-made bar. Yes, boss. Here. Red chimes in. Coming, coming, coming in. They move quickly. In the massive bedroom, which is carpeted in lush green, stands a split-level platform. On the platform is a huge bed covered in dark green corduroy. It is a regal room. Kings, queens, presidents and prime ministers have slept in this bed. The occupant can survey the domain of the bedroom and the panoramic view of the city below. A man lies in this bed, propped up by four puffy pillows. Soft lights from the ceiling bathe the bed in an aura reserved only for supreme beings. 
The man is dressed in expensive handmade white silk pyjamas. Draped across the chairs are glistening gem-studded jumpsuits. A long-limbed honey blonde sits on the corner of the bed. Her clothes speak of classy boutiques where the patrons ignore price tags. She is very beautiful. But there the elegance ends. The man in the bed is disturbed, very disturbed. His eyes are heavy-lidded and bloodshot. Sweat glistens from the pores of his face and forehead, as if he were suffering a cruel attack of malaria. The blonde darts her beautiful eyes nervously, first to red, and then to sunny. Red avoids her look and stares at the ceiling, only to realise the scene is reflected there in a large mirror. Sluggishly, the man pulls himself up from the pillows. He leans forward and crosses his legs, yoga fashion. When he speaks, the words are thick, merging into one another. Come here, Sonny, the man says softly. Come here, Sonny. Sonny mounts the platform and kneels at the bedside. The smith and Wesson prods into his left breast as he leans across the bed to be closer to the man. The man extends his hands to Sonny, and Sonny reaches out to hold them. The man's grip is clammy. The nails sink into Sonny's palm. Look into my eyes, Sonny. Look into my eyes. The words tumble out in a quiet, tired monotone. The man has to die. You know the man has to die. The son of a bitch must go. You know it, Sonny, you know it. There is too much pain in me. And he did it. Did you hear me? I am right. You know I'm right. Mike Stone has to die. You will do it for me. Kill the son of a bitch. Sonny, I can count on you. I know I can. The beads of perspiration are now rolling down the man's face and into the white silk pyjamas. The voice is striking the edge of hysteria. Tears flash in the eyes of Sonny West, a six-foot-two-inch man who has never said no to a fight in his life and never lost one he has said yes to. Sonny is pleading. No, boss. Let's forget that talk, boss. I know he's caused you pain, but you can't talk like that. It ain't right. It just ain't right. The man is repeating over and over. Mike Stone must die. He must die. You'll do that for me, won't you, Sonny? You must. He has no right to live. There are books on religion and the occult spread on the bed in front of the man. He sweeps back the covers and they fall on the floor. He rolls out of bed and lurches past the chairs where the beautiful clothes of a star are draped. He brushes past them and they fall on the floor. He is a driven man now, muttering to himself, he's got to go. Carelessly, he swings open a giant closed door. Inside, more outfits glisten. The beautiful honey blonde is losing her cool. There is desperation on her face. What's the matter with him? Can't somebody do something? Will somebody tell me what's happening? What's happened? Calm him down, for 
for God's sake, what's wrong? Oh my God, oh my God. Sonny looks like a little boy pleading with someone he loves dearly not to jump off a cliff. The man stumbles into the closet, knocking aside the finery inside. He is looking for something. He grabs at a long, bulky object. Sonny knows what it is, and he can feel his heart hit his stomach. Red West feels the back of his neck crawl. Oh, Lordy, he whispers to himself, oh, Lordy. The man staggers back from inside the closet, gripping a grey-green M16 rifle. Sonny springs to his feet and backs toward the door. The man moves toward him and presses the gun into his hand. Sonny looks at it as if he were holding a rattlesnake. Jesus Christ, boss, no, no, not that. Please don't. The man in pyjamas abandons his insistent monotone. Doesn't anyone understand? Oh God, why can't anyone understand? Why can't you all understand why this man must die? He leaps drunkenly on the bed. He is now jumping up and down. He turns to face the wall. He tries literally to climb the wall, his nails digging into the surface to get a hold, his legs trying to get an impossible grip. He has hurt me so much. You all know that. He has broken up my family. He has taken my wife away from me. He has destroyed everything and hurt me so much and nobody cares. He is the one who has done it all. Sonny backs away, gripping the M16. There are tears glistening in his eyes. Big Red is choked with emotion. The man continues to try to negotiate the bedroom wall. The honey blonde is pleading. Baby, don't, honey, don't, please don't. Sonny slowly walks backwards out of the room, holding the M16. Tears stream down his face. The man in pyjamas doesn't know he's gone. Sonny turns and throws the M16 into a wastebasket in the hallway, then walks into the sitting room. Another man has just come into the suite. His name is Lamar Fike, a normally jolly 300-pound Texan who is now looking worried. Collapses into a chair and hefts his cowboy-booted feet onto a table. Lamar Fike is like a member of the family to Red and Sonny. He knows there is a bad scene inside. Sonny answers before the question is asked. Lamar, it's awful. You know what he wants me to do. He wants me to kill Mike Stone. He was in there trying to hypnotise me. He put that M16 in my hands and told me to go out and waste Mike Stone. Just blow him away. Lamar looks up, his face full of sympathy and... And indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Sheffield Live then, 93.2 on the dial. Elvis, what happened there? We'll be in segments, you know. And let us know... Have you read it? Do you, do you know what's in the book? Do you rate it? Do you not? Do you think it's bad? Do you think it's good? Kevin Resley at SheffieldLive.org Let me just dance. Elvis fans, please open your mind on this one because I have been told that uh, Kevin is a very good dancer. I'm just about to move all the tables. <laughs> but this song uh, does feature Elvis and Lady Gaga. Um, your thoughts, please. 
just make up your own minds. The song is called Let Me Just Dance. Jim and I will let you have a listen.
the end of the first hour. I just can't get my my breath on that, Jim. Well, that's, an, that's enough for us for now, but we will be back in the next hour, so don't go go away, folks. Stay where you are. 93.2 on the dial. Jim and Kev walk a mile in my shoes, LB. 